Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Beat the House, episode 57 with your host here, Justin Everett. And got another great show for you for Hump Day on Wednesday, uh, right before Thanksgiving. Um, going to recap, you know, some NBA action from, uh, last night. Um, short, uh, short NBA card. Um, but we did have a winner there, uh, came from the, uh, Pacers and Hawks game. So, Going to talk a little bit about that as well as, you know, give out some NBA best bets, you know, for tonight. Um, pretty much a full slate of games, 14 game card. Uh, just two, uh, uh, just two, just two teams off, but, uh, went through the whole board here and was able to get two best bets and going to share that with you guys as well as, uh, the best bets for the big day tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Got three, um, NFL games and got and have two uh best bets coming out of uh three of those games there. And um just gonna, you know, and hope you guys have a enjoy, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday coming up. I know that I will, you know, I'll be spending it, you know, with my family. Um just eating and having, you know, having a good time uh watching the games and hopefully, you know, let's catch some tickets and Let's get it, you know, uh, started off, you know, tonight, you know, with some NBA action. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, uh, one of some of my favorite side dishes are like mac and cheese and, uh, dressing, um, um, you know, turkey, you know, it's okay, but, you know, depending on how you cook it, you know, I like mine to be, you know, flavorful and stuff like that, you know, uh, but, uh, one of my favorites, you know, for a turkey other than, you know, deep frying it, you know, I've, had that a few times. I know um, a lot of different people, you know, try different things in deep fried turkey, but I like a, a Cajun turkey. You know, it's a little bit has a little bit of a spice, and it's a uh, you know pretty f- uh, flavorful and uh, pretty juicy. So, looking forward to that, and but more importantly, looking forward to cashing some tickets. You know, with some NFL games, but let's start with some NBA action. Uh, but before we do, quick reminder: if you haven't already. Head over to Apple and Spotify and do me a quick favor and drop a quick rating or review and uh, subscribe to the show on Apple or Spotify. You know, five star ratings are greatly appreciated. And uh, here at Beat the House, we've been doing pretty well, uh, especially in the, this, is this month in November, uh, the last few weeks or so. Uh, last two weekends, you know, went 16 and nine uh, between the NBA, college football and NBA. I mean, uh, in NFL. So we're going to look to continue to keep that rolling. Uh, like to, um, incorporate a lot of different ways of, of handicapping when I see fit. We're talking about, you know, uh, line movement, reverse line movement with the respected money, um, the betting split. You'll hear that you're hit. You'll, you will hear that being mentioned. You know, uh, you listen to the show, uh, enough as well as, you know, some, uh, historical systems and trends, uh, will be mentioned, you know, when I see fit and applied. Uh, but more importantly, the, uh, the data for, you know, advanced stats and, uh, predictive stats, uh, you know, for the, you know, for the major sports that we bet, you know, here in the last, I guess you could say month and a half or so, I've been working on, you know, working on my, uh, my own model here for, you know, NBA and NFL. And it's been doing, you know, really well, it's been, you know, very accurate, you know, handicapped the board. You know, for the NFL, uh, card, you know, for, uh, week is this week 12 and 14 of the 16 games have come within, 
three points or, or less of the line. And in college football, handicapping the board there um, with uh, 23 games out of the, you know, from the top 25 and 15 of those 23 games uh, have come within six points or less of the line. So uh, between, you know, the NFL card and college football card, you know, 29 of the 39 games have come within, you know, three points or six points, you know, of the, uh, of the, of the spread there. So very accurate, uh, uh, model that I'm working on right now. And also, you know, handicapping the board for, you know, tonight's NBA action with the, uh, 14 games. And out of those 14 games, nine of them have come within, you know, three points or less of the line. So, uh, pretty excited to share that information with you guys. You know, I've been up, you know, tirelessly, you know, working on something like this, you know, that, uh, you know, improve my handicapping and it's been paying off, you know, really well, especially over the last handful of weeks. So hopefully you guys are cashing, you know, some of these tickets with me. They're all free. You know, you can follow the show. You'll catch them on the show, but you also can follow my Twitter or X page uh, at smooth underscore 702. You can also get them there. Uh, so with that being out the way, let's jump into, you know, recapping the NBA action from last night. You know, we were, had a, uh, gave out a free play, you know, from my, you know, on my Twitter page and uh, an action page. Uh, and we were on the pl- uh, Pacers plus four and a half over the Hawks. Uh, Pacers come back, you know, from being 20 points down and get the win outright uh, by five. And, you know, they combined the score, you know, a total of 309 points at 157, 152. This, uh, Total closed around, you know, 252, 252 and a half. And it was the highest total since in the NBA since 1995. And, um, you know, um, most of my handicap included, you know, that these were two teams that played at a, you know, top five pace, uh, or better. You know, they're ranking inside the top five. They both had, you know, uh, respected offenses ranking inside the top 10 or better and adjusted offensive efficiency, uh, and the defenses were, um, you know, bottom 10 or worse when it came to adjusted defensive, uh, defensive efficiency. And, you know, it showed throughout the game, you know, the first half, the Hawks established, you know, their pace and rhythm and they built a, a 20 point lead. Right? They took a 13 point lead in the halftime and it just seemed like they couldn't miss anything, you know, from the outside. And, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, the main one in particular, had, you know, 22 points at halftime. You know, Trey Young chipped in and they just had a lot of points in, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the transition that the Pacers just couldn't stop. But coming out in the second half, you know, the Pacers established their rhythm offensively and, uh, got back into the game, you know, made it a, got it within five and they eventually tied it up and, and taking the lead there. And it, you know, in large part to a, a huge third quarter from Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, one of the best, um, young point guards in the game and keeps playing like this. You know, you have to remove the tag of young point guard and just say, you know, one of the top five point guards in the game right now. Uh, he rarely turns the ball over, but he finished the game with, you know, 36 points, 17 assists at 25 or 24 points in that third quarter, you know, leading their, you know, charge, you know, back into the game. And then, you know, once their offensive rhythm, you know, was established, 
the rest of his teammates chipped in, like Buddy Hill, you know, Obi Toppin, you know, Benedict Matherin, and a lot of other guys, you know, uh, in that second half, in that third and fourth quarter, you know, chipped in after, you know, Tyrese Halliburton got it going. And, uh, you know, the Pacers, you know, they lead the league in scoring, uh, scoring 125 points a game. And, you know, it, it showed up, you know, in the second half there. But I think this is another key factor for games, um, you know, that fall on a, on a Tuesday or Thursday or, or Friday, I believe, since, uh, the tournament, the end season tournament games are either two or three days a week that fall on those days. And, you know, I think these teams, you know, are motivated, you know, to win these games. And, you know, when this was announced that the NBA would be having an in-season tournament, you know, I was against it. Um, I didn't, uh, really think that the players would take it all that serious. I, I thought that it would be, you know, uh, extra games, um, you know, that, you know, players could look to try to, you know, uh, sit out or, or load manage for. But the way that they rolled out this in-season tournament with uh, the tournament games being counted for, you know, regular season standards, as well as counting towards the uh, um, counting towards the tournament and then the ultimate prize. You know, if you happen to win the tournament, each player, you know, gets five hundred thousand dollars a piece. And, you know, you hear, you know, players repeatedly come out and say, um, you know, how much they want to go, you know, win that, win the tournament to get that 500k. You know, Dame Lillard of the Bucks, you know, had already mentioned what it would mean for, uh, for him to win it for his teammates that, you know, are on two way deals or not making it as, you know, uh, max level type of money or, uh, you know, been in the league for a couple of years and, and not, re- don't really have a big salary yet, you know, winning the extra 500k, um, you know, would be, uh, you know, will be huge for them. Um, so a lot of, you know, teams are most motivated from that standpoint. You heard LeBron James mentioning with the Lakers, uh, as well as, uh, I believe the, a team like the Magic, who don't have a max level player, you know, on their team, you know, right now, uh, you know, those guys are, you know, want to go out and win it as well. So when, uh, I say that to mention this, you know, in that game between the Pacers and the Hawks, you know, the Pacers was down by, you know, 20 points and, you know, going into halftime, you know, if this was any other regular type of game, they might not have been, you know, motivated to, you know, to stay connected and, and play well and, and play hard and to get back in the game and try and win it. But in their group for the tournament, you know, they were, you know, 2-0 and undefeated. And, you know, this was a game that if they won, they would advance to, you know, the next round and get them one step closer you know, to win in the 500K. And, you know, in the second half, you could see them still playing hard uh, and trying to get back into the game and and win it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And I think that, you know, this in-season tournament has motivated them. Um, the Pacers over the, you know, last handful of years or so, they haven't been a team that's been, ultimate, you know, ultimate competitive in terms of winning a, a, a title. Uh, so winning something like this can be, you know, big for them. And, and starting them on their way to develop some type of winning culture, uh, giving them a chance to, you know, win some type of championship like the in season tournament cup and, uh, you know, winning 500 K. And, you know, that could be something that can catapult them, you know, for the rest of the season. And you just saw that in their effort in the second half. And, you know, um, it's hard for me to say that it was a, a great game. Definitely was entertaining, you know, with the offense, 
you know, that was put up, but, you know, both teams, you know, didn't play any defense. And, you know, like I said, they combined to score 309 points, which is more than a, you know, typical, you know, uh, NBA all-star game when you have, you know, the top, you know, 15 players or so in the league, you know, out there scoring, you know, out there scoring and just pretty much playing Olay defense. And, uh, you know, this is what it pretty much looked like with the Patriots giving up 86 points in the, uh, in the first half and then the Hawks, you know, giving up damn near a hundred points, you know, in the second half, you know, to the Pacers. So, um, pretty, you know, uh, happy that, you know, that one, uh, got to the, uh, got to the counter for us to cash with the Pacers at plus four and a half, you know, right now sitting at 57% in the NBA, you know, 20 and 15. Let's look to go on a, on a hot streak. Got a couple, um, Got a couple, you know, picks tonight, you know, uh, best bets tonight out of the NBA. And before I get into the best bets, I just want to give you guys some nuggets to look out for. You know, Wednesdays are typically, you know, full slated games in the NBA where you'll see, you know, 12 plus games played. But then this is also, you know, a tricky spot in the NBA because, you know, a lot of teams um, are up against scheduling disadvantages. And I handicapped the whole board, so I handicapped all 14 games, and I came away, you know, with some uh, some teams. Uh, I did come away with the two best bets that I'm going to give out to you guys, but then I also came away, you know, with um, a handful of teams that, you know, I would recommend avoiding because they're either in scheduling spots um, that are, you know, pretty hard to overcome, even though it, it's been accounted for in the number from the odds makers, um, or they're a team, you know, that there's no value in the line embedding them. And, you know, these teams, um, are, are the Magic, the Bucks, uh, the Heat, Pacers, Pelicans, Sixers, Suns, Blazers, and Lakers. Uh, and what I mean by, you know, scheduling disadvantages, they're either playing, you know, their second game of a back to back. Um, it's their third game in fourth nights or it's their fourth game. It's their, it's their fourth game. And six nights. And, uh, some of these teams, you know, fit all of those scheduling disadvantages to where, you know, tired legs could affect them at some point. And, you know, the game could get away from them and their coach could be more likely to, you know, throw in the towel, let the game play out and just chuck this one on the, on the chin and take the L because a lot of teams, um, you know, are in these, are in these spots and going back to, I believe, uh, Monday night, you know, I was, uh, I had, uh, three leans on a team and they were up against scheduling spots. And uh, those three teams just went one and two uh, with the two teams that didn't cover their uh, cover. The spread uh, just got blew out, you know, the Knicks, you know, to the T wolves and the, uh, the uh, Kings to the Pelicans both got blew out. And uh, the Bucks being the only team that covered their spread, you know, land either, you know, anywhere from nine to 10 points. Uh, they won by 13. They scored 142 points, uh, but defensively they gave up 129 to the Wizards. So they were able to overcome the Wizards because the Wizards are one of the worst teams in the league and uh, one of the worst defensive teams in the league as well. But had that been uh, any other team that played defense, the Bucks could have ultimately not covered the spread either, and uh, those teams could have went 0-3. So for me, I tend to stay away from teams that are up against scheduling spots like that to where they're playing their third game in four nights, uh, their fourth game in six nights on the second end of a back-to-back. You know, some of those teams tonight 
you know, fit all three of those scheduling disadvantages and, and the others, you know, fit one or two of them. So those are the teams that I would stay away uh, for from, from tonight. So let's get into the teams that I'm on and already bet. And let's start with the Nets uh, plus four tonight over the Hawks. I think it's some shops right now is down to plus three and a half. I still will play it. It's still, you know, value to me uh, to grab the points with Brooklyn. And like, I, and like I mentioned, the Hawks, they're on the second end of a back-to-back, you know, after, you know, scoring 152 points against the Pacers and still losing after being up by 20 points. So that just speaks volumes to just how bad their defense is. And Brooklyn, you know, they have a, a little bit better defense than than the Pacers, and they play at a little bit of a slower pace. So they t- they, they typically grind you out a little bit more than uh, the Pacers will. So, you know, they're going to make them play, you know, defense for longer period, uh, for longer possessions than the Pacers, than the Pacers did. And they should be able to score, you know, as well, you know, given that the Hawks are, are up against this scheduling disadvantage. And uh, also, you know, Brooklyn, you know, they have the third best record in the league so far against the spread at nine, three and one uh, overall. And they're six, three and one against the spread as underdogs and they're, you know, catching four points tonight. You know, my numbers made this line, you know, 2.09. So, you know, Brooklyn to me is playable, you know, down to two and a half or three. So I would grab, you know, the punch now, you know, uh, while you can with Brooklyn uh, plus four, you know, over the Hawks as we look to take advantage of Atlanta being up against a scheduling disadvantage and Brooklyn having a day or two of rest. So uh, that's the first play, Brooklyn plus four over the Hawks and the next play on the card I'm going with the Thunder you know minus seven over the Bulls and the Thunder they're tied with the uh best record uh best ATS record in the league so far at 11 and three and they're also five and two against the spread as a favorite um you know with the average margin of victory of uh, 15.4 points um OKC also ranks top 10 or better and adjusted offensive efficiency, adjusted defensive efficiency, and adjusted overall net rating. So they're one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, going back to the last few years or so, I think I tweeted this yesterday, that, uh, you know, the Thunder, you know, since Chris Paul, you know, played with them, uh, they've been, you know, one of, if not the best team against the spread, you know, for the last, you know, handful of years or so. So, um, you know, being able to, you know, find uh, profitable, uh, you know, spots to back the Thunder have been great, you know, for betters. And I think this is one tonight. And the Bulls, you know, their team just heading in the opposite direction. They had a, a lot of, you know, rumors. And I'm not even sure you can really call them rumors at this point. I think it's just something that, you know, is, uh, is inevitable that, you know, uh, a lot of their star players will be traded, you know, like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Vucevic. Some of those other role players, Alex Caruso and some other guys could be traded, you know, uh, come a December time with a lot more guys. Uh, contracts are eligible, to, you know, to be traded. So they're just a team that, you know, I don't see that, you know, being, you know, connected and, and wanting to go out there and win a bunch of games. As a lot of those guys, you know, mindsets are, you know, pretty much uh, looking forward to being traded and, and getting to a, a contender team to try and win a title. So. Uh, I just think this is, you know, two teams heading in opposite directions. I think this uh, Thunder team uh, could be a lot like the uh, 
the Kings were last year. But the Thunder, they play a little bit, you know, uh, better, you know, defense than the Kings did. Um, you know, you adding Chet Holmgren to the mix, what he gives you on the defensive side of the floor, as well as, you know, what he's been able to do offensively. You know, his last game, or not last game, but one of his last games, going up against the uh, the Warriors and having his best game as a pro so far. So, uh, you know, my number uh, for, you know, for this matchup between the Thunder and Bulls, you know, my number set it at 14.61. So um, I definitely would lay the points, you know, with OKC. Uh, so those are my two official plays in the NBA tonight. You know, Thunder minus seven over the Bulls and uh, uh, the Nets plus four over the Hawks. So that'll wrap up the NBA talk. And let's move over to the games that we will have for tomorrow and uh, for Thanksgiving. And I got three really good matchups and got two best bets right now. And let's start with the first one. And let's go. I'm taking the Packers plus seven and a half over the Lions. And, um, you know, going back, you know, to week four, you know, the Lions, they beat Green Bay 34 to 20 as two and a half point favorites on the road. And. They're seven and three uh, against the spread, you know, so far this season, was, which is the fourth best record against the spread. You know, but I think this is a good spot to fade Detroit, you know, even though they've been profitable, you know, over the ha- last handful of years on Thanksgiving. I think they're going to be, you know, backed by the public heavenly, you know, as they have been, you know, throughout the year. And they see a team like the Packers, who's uh, under 500, you know, uh, uh, going to be without Aaron Jones. But. You know, I think that, you know, this is a good spot to, to back Green Bay, you know, over the last few weeks. You know, the Lions have been uh, below average, you know, ranking, you know, 29th or worse uh, in their ability to stop the run. So I think any running back that's healthy enough to go uh, against uh, Detroit, you know, for Green Bay should have a good day. And I think that'll open up, you know, uh, you know, open up the passing game for Jordan Love, who's coming off probably his best game of his career and has some rhythm and some confidence, you know, coming into this game as he shredded up uh, the Chargers, you know, passing uh, defense and secondary. So I think that can go in and continue and play off the run game for this. Uh, and my numbers, you know, made this line, you know, 1.85. You know, so I see this being a lot more competitive game, you know, than the odds makers have, you know, made the number here. Uh, so I grabbed the points, you know, with the Packers. And this is also, one of my official plays, you know, in the Circle Millions contest once they, uh, um, you know, roll out the uh, official card to play. So this will be one of the, you know, one of the teams on that card with Packers, you know, plus seven and a half over the Lions. And let's go over to the uh, to the next game. Uh, we could talk about, you know, America's team here. Uh, the Cowboys minus 11 over the Commanders. Now, for me, 11 is too much to lay. Um with the Cowboys, um, you know, my numbers made this game, you know, 12.77. So not a lot of value or wiggle room there in, in terms of comp- comparing it to the spread. So I'm going to go and play the Cowboys in the first half, laying seven over the commanders right now. And uh, Dallas, you know, they do a great job of beating up on the uh, below 500 teams. The, com- the commanders fit that bill. They haven't really, you know, beat a team yet. Uh you know, that's over 500, uh, losing to the 49ers and the Eagles. They'll get their chances in the next handful of weeks. But for now, they really take advantage of beating up on these bad teams as they've done against the Giants and the Panthers the last few uh, weeks. And I think this is a, a similar spot for them to do the same thing. 
and uh, Washington. You know, they have a defense that ranks bottom uh, three to five in the major defensive metrics. And in uh, DVOA, they rank 30th overall. So this will be a, a spot, you know, for the Cowboys offense to take big advantage of, as well as the Cowboys defense to take advantage of that Washington offense and um, and get after Sam Howell. And we've already seen, you know, some some coaches, you know, be fired and removed, you know, just recently offensive coordinator, uh, you know, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Canada uh, was fired. But I think, you know, after a game like this, um, you know, uh, Ron Rivera could be the next uh, could be the next coach fired as well. So, you know, my numbers for the first half made this uh, line, you know, nine point four nine point four three. So there's uh, there's enough value for me. In uh, in that number to go uh, and, and grab, and uh, I mean go and lay the points, you know, with the Cowboys minus seven in the first half over the Commanders. So those will be my official plays, you know, for Thanksgiving. Going with the Cowboys first half minus seven over the Commanders and Packers plus seven and a half over the Lions. Uh, I also handicap, you know, the game between the 49ers and the Seahawks. And, you know, my numbers made that line, you know, 6.99. So it's right at the line right now, laying seven, you know, with the 49ers. Um, but I wouldn't recommend the play uh, as there's no value in, in, in grabbing the 49ers to me. If I did get involved in that game, it would be to go under the total of 43. You know, my numbers made it 41.65 for the total there. So if I did get involved in that game or if you want some action on that game for me, it would be playing the total under uh, uh, 43 for that, you know, 49ers and Seahawks matchup. Um, waiting for some, some team totals to come out in that game officially. And, you know, f- you know, I look to bet the Seahawks team total under for somewhere between 18 and a half, 17 and a half in that spot there. I may look to get involved in playing the Seahawks team total under as well in that matchup. But for now, I'm going to stick with the two official plays for Thanksgiving with the uh, Cowboys minus seven in the first half over the commanders and the Packers plus seven and a half over the lions, you know, in the first game, you know, for Thanksgiving. So that's going to wrap up the show. I uh, got some good picks for you guys. Hopefully you follow. We cash some tickets there. Hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving. However you choose to spend it and uh, wish you guys best of luck. Appreciate you tuning in and I'll catch up with you on Friday. Where we'll have more official picks for, you know, the NFL car as well as college football closing out their season and, you know, more NBA action to get into. So wish you guys best of luck. Enjoy the holidays. You know, be safe and uh, catch up with you on Friday.